So this morning, the scripture passage that we have is just one simple verse. We're continuing on in our series on worship, where your treasure is. And it's this, Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So with regard to this worship series and sharing just another aspect of what it means to worship and treasure the Lord, I was tasked today with with talking about increasing in delight. The basic idea being that throughout the course of our lives, as we learn, as we understand more of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus day in and day out, how do we move from doing things out of duty and into delight? How do we do that? Meaning, how do we move from doing a list of of good and right things, you know, i.e. the things that I'm supposed to do because they're the kinds of things that a Jesus follower is supposed to do. You know, we, we do our duty. Maybe we really don't feel like it, but we do it anyway. Um, but how do we switch from that and start doing things not just from mere duty, but to doing things because I actually want to do them. I actually delight in doing them. As a father, I'm on the receiving end of duty and delight all the time. <laughs> There's times that my kids listen to the directions that I give to them, and they know that's just what they're supposed to do, you know, their duty. They really don't feel like it, but they suck it up and they do it anyway. They've, they also, sometimes in a good sense, they actually want to honor me by doing what I've asked because they have a sense of even loyalty and they get it done. But on occasion, I can see that they actually enjoy being with me for some reason. They actually love me. And for whatever mysterious reason, they still want to hang out with me and be with me. Strange to me as teenagers start to creep into our home. Wonderful, though. They've, they've absorbed something by being with me, by being in relationship with me. They give me their trust. That's a precious thing. Their their motivation to obey me as their dad or to listen to me actually shifts from duty to doing so out of the delight that they have in being in relationship with me. It's not a blindness that struck them. (laughs) It's simply a different motivation an internal motivation for why they do what they do. And as a father, I'd far rather my kids be motivated to be with me ultimately out of delight rather than motivated to just hang around or listen to me simply because they have to or that's what they're supposed to do. So what is delight? How do you delight in someone? What does does delighting in someone mean? Well, to be honest... The word delight is not something that I regularly use in my vocabulary. For many of you, it probably isn't in yours either. Sorry to stereotype, but, but many of the men I know don't use the word delight in their vocabulary to describe their actions on a daily basis. 
You know, I don't usually think or say, oh, I delight in my children. You know, or it was a delight to be with you today. Or it was an absolute delight to meet you. No, I usually say something like, you know, I love my kids. Oh, it was great to be with you. You know, it was great to meet you today. Right? Something along those lines. But the word delight doesn't usually fit in there. But I'm here to tell you today that the word delight is a thoroughly biblical word. It's a word that is even given as a command with a promise attached to it. And the clearest example is what I read to you already this morning out of Psalm 34, verse 7. Delight yourself in the Lord. There's the command. And he will give you the desires of your heart. There's the promise. But this idea of delighting in the Lord, it's woven its way throughout Scripture. In fact, it comes the other way as well. The Lord delights in us. We've been singing about that even this morning. But to delight in someone is to take pleasure in them. And as we've established over a number of weeks already, that worship is something that we we give to the Lord. We actually give Him the highest place in everything. That's our worship. But we're also meant to take pleasure in the Lord as a way to worship Him too. We're meant to find our happiness, our joy, our gladness in Him above everything else. In essence, what Psalm 37 is saying, make the Lord your ultimate source of pleasure, your ultimate source of joy, and He will ensure that you receive what will satisfy you the most. We're going to pull on that thread throughout today. So let me illustrate how this happens. This fall, Wilma and I, we will be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Yay! So now let's suppose, I'm letting the cat out of the bag here, Wilma's sitting over there. Now let's suppose, I'm not setting up a precedent, by the way, Wilma. I I, I might do more than this. (laughs) Let's suppose... Let's suppose I buy four dozen red, long-stemmed roses for our anniversary as one of the things that I do. A significant investment for anyone who's ever bought red, long-stemmed roses. (laughs) And I make a plan for the evening, and I want to surprise her with those roses at the door. And when I come home that day, I've got them, and I've got them ready. Ordinarily, I just walk in, but this time, I actually ring the doorbell. Ding-dong. She comes to the door, has this kind of puzzled look on her face as to why I've done that. And then I present the roses to her. And I say, happy anniversary, Wilma. And she says, oh, Aaron, they're so beautiful. Why did you go to such an expense? And suppose I say, it's my duty. (laughs) I read it in a marriage manual. This is what it says I'm supposed to do. So how would she feel? (laughs) Right? I've done my duty. What's what's wrong with doing your duty? That's what I'm supposed to do, right? I'll show you what's wrong. Let's rewind the tape. Let's do this scene over again. (laughs) She's nodding at the back. Yeah. So I ring the doorbell, and she opens the door, looks puzzled, until I present these roses, and I say, Happy anniversary, Wilma. And she says, Aaron, they're beautiful. Why did you go to such an expense? And this time I say, 
I couldn't help myself. I've got a plan for this evening. You take whatever time you need. I've got the babysitters. I've got the respite for the twins. All that stuff. You take whatever time you need. Put on something nice because we're going out. Uh, And nothing would make me happier than spending the evening with you. See, I heard that. I heard that. It was like, right? But do you think in that moment, in that, that sigh moment, that she would say, nothing makes you happier? All you think about what is what makes you happy. No, she wouldn't. Why? Because, my, because finding my happiness in her as a person honors her, and she feels it. Spending an evening with her because that's what good husbands are supposed to do, well, that dishonors her. But spending the evening with her because her as a person, because she as my wife is my joy, that honors her. Her worth is actually magnified because I'm satisfied in her. Does that make sense? Delight yourself in the Lord. Let's take that same example and now place it on the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight in the Lord, when you take pleasure in Him because of who He is as a person, you are giving Him glory, you are worshiping Him. And in turn, you actually receive all the good and the benefits that come from that adoration, that worship. An important note is 37 verse 4 in Psalms here isn't saying, delight in the Lord and he will give you whatever you want. God does actually, he actually doesn't need your delight. You aren't filling some delight shaped hole in God's heart. It's actually the other way around. When you delight in the Lord, when you say, God, you're amazing, there isn't anyone else who I would rather be with right now. Caleb, that was you in your devotions in the mornings, whenever you were having them. He gets the glory that belongs to him. And we're the ones that actually get filled with what we need by being with him. The desires of our heart are met. Here's something that might be helpful to you in this little diagram on the PowerPoint. The closer we get to him, the more we delight in him. And then the more we actually want to be with him and the more our hearts are actually satisfied and transformed. And we discovered that our true heart's desires are for even more of him. The cycle repeats itself again. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it goes around and goes around and it goes around. And if I can press this a little bit further to bring something I've said back full circle. I know I've said that we want to move away from merely acting out of duty. But it's actually our responsibility as followers of Christ to delight in the Lord. It's our highest form of worship. 
It's why we're commanded to delight in the Lord. Because the Lord knows how much we will receive out of glorifying and worshiping Him. We'll receive the desires of our heart, the desires that we don't even know are even there, and that He's working at transforming in us. He knows we'll get more from Him. And whether we know it or not, this is, this is a fundamental desire of the human heart. It's a desire that was actually created and it was placed there by God himself for us to long to be with him. So hopefully your brain's not kind of twisted up in knots right now through the theology that that I've kind of been working through. Now some of the sources for our material today, uh, if you would like to read more and dive into this, Someone that spent a great deal of time thinking about this, processing this, praying about it, writing about it, uh, is John Piper. And one of the people that he learned from even earlier, back in the 1800s, was a guy named Jonathan Edwards, a pastor, back in the early revivals of the late 1800s. If you want to dive deeper and have a read, you will be enriched. And I've been blessed by it as I've kind of worked to adapt a mixture of their work here even today. And so now that we take our delighting out of the realm of systematic theology and bring it into our practical day-to-day living, how, how do I delight in God? And there's three ways that I want to give you today. And just so we stay balanced, I know there's times and seasons in our lives where we don't feel like delighting. We don't feel joyful. We don't feel happy about life. Maybe you're going through some intense suffering or grief, whatever that particular season is. But these three practical things I want to share with us today can actually be done in whatever season of life you find yourself in, regardless of the temperature of your heart. Regardless. Did you know that we're supposed to enjoy the Lord? Did you know that we're allowed to do that? Anybody here? Did you know that? Did you know that we're not supposed to just read our Bible and pray and come to church on a Sunday morning, hoping that maybe one day we will actually connect with God, truly connect with Him, and we'll feel something? Did you know that our priority in life, our first priority in life, is not to do more stuff for God. Our first priority is actually being with God. Being in a relationship with Him. Spending time with Him. That's your first priority as a follower of Christ. That's why the Lord sent His Son Jesus Christ into the world. So that through Jesus' death and resurrection that we could be reconnected with the Lord. Be with Him. Our sins forgiven, washed away. And be with Him forever. Kevin already touched on that this morning, about our great salvation that we've received and prayed into that. And so the first thing of of how we delight in the Lord, first is we need to enjoy Him. We need to enjoy Him as infinitely marvelous, awesome, and amazing. What does that look like? Well, here's some scripture that I want to show to you so that you can see kind of biblically where this invitation to enjoy God comes from. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord. In your presence, God, is fullness of joy. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. We get into some thirsty passages. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the God, for the living God. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Someone who is so thirsty, they want to enjoy more of the Lord. And then lastly, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ in Romans 5.11, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Reconciled to God, our Heavenly Father. Reconnected, saved, forgiven, healed. You see, to enjoy God this way is an act of worship. It's an act of trust. To rejoice that Jesus has defeated the power of sin and death and made a way for us to inherit eternal life That's the main way we can worship and rejoice in Him and give Him praise and delight in Him. But it's only one of the ways that we can delight in Him. When I see a sunrise or a sunset, especially one of the glorious one in the mountains last year in the Kananaskis, I'm reminded of how big God is. And I take delight in that. I take pleasure in that. I say, wow, God, you're amazing. You created all of this. You keep it all spinning. It's your universe. And yet you love me in the midst of your massive universe, standing on the side of this mountain in the Kananaskis in Alberta. When I'm hurting, when I'm in pain, when I can't quite see my way through the tunnel, I remind myself that the Lord is my portion The Lord is my cup. I say, Lord, you have never left me alone. We sang it this morning. Lord, you have been faithful. You are marvelous in every way, far beyond what I can even ask, think, or even imagine. And yet you draw near to me in my pain. Jesus, I can see you. At the end of this, you're actually guiding me and leading me through. That's why I chose the picture that I did. I can take pleasure in Jesus despite my pain. When I get out of bed in the morning, that's exactly what I look like in the morning. Yes. Especially those mornings where you'd rather just roll over in bed and keep on sleeping. I start reminding myself, okay, Lord, you have made this day. Not out of duty, but out of love. Lord, I am meant to rejoice in this day, despite the temperature of my heart, despite the tiredness that I feel. And I start to rehearse these things in my mind. All these amazing things that God has actually done for me. But more importantly, I start to be reminded of who he is. And what has motivated him to provide for me in such awesome ways? It starts to build up in my spirit as I connect with him, as I delight in him for who he is. It starts to change my perspective. Am I still tired? 
Yeah, but I'm going into the day with a different slant, with a different purpose, with a different view for my day. This is actually where it's really handy to know what God has done for you. Are you spending time to get to know him in the scriptures or through listening prayer? Because the more intimately you actually connect with Jesus, the more you will actually be able to enjoy and delight in him. Wow, look at that. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow, I didn't know that. It's like driving through the mountains and you see something amazing. You see these people. It was funny. You would, in the Kananaskis, you would see people all stopped on the side of the road and you knew this was their first time there because they had stopped at this place and they were all taking pictures of this amazing you know, a mountain range that they were looking at. And we were like, you haven't seen anything yet. You stopped at the wrong spot. You think this, you think this is the beautiful spot? Just wait. There's more stuff around the corner. That's what it's like with God as you dive deeper into him. I've got a simple tool that I'm going to hand out later in the service that I trust will just be something simple to help you to delight in the Lord. Second, so we enjoy him. And the second thing is embrace him. Embrace him as your closest friend, as your savior, your protector, your provider the one you ultimately trust. When you give the Lord the first place in your life and you delight in him by embracing all of who he is, he is glorified in that, but also your soul, your spirit, increasingly becomes anchored deep within him. There's, there's mooring points that you don't even realize are being created in you as you spend more time with him so that you will be immovable, unshakable, planted on the rock who is Jesus. And here's a, a classic example of what I'm talking about, about embracing this amazing, amazing, huge, massive God who loves us. No one goes to the Grand Canyon to increase their self-esteem. Piper's used this particular example many times. But nobody goes there just to go, wow, look at me. <laughs> you know, we, we go, but we go to the Grand Canyon. Why? Right? People go out of their way to actually get there. And if they can't get there, well, they look at pictures or they look on the internet or they watch a documentary on their widescreen TV to try and get a bit of a sense of this big, massive place. Why? Because standing at the Grand Canyon and watching this vast, cavernous open space that goes down a mile into the ground with this tiny little river there at the bottom, which is actually a massive river, it actually does something to our souls. Because God's actually made us to know him as the great Grand Canyon. I know when, when Piper actually used this illustration a number of times, a woman came up to him after a service and actually said, hey, well, what, about, what about this? And it illuminated a missing component from this particular illustration. She said, well, yes, that's true. But it's hard to enjoy the Grand Canyon when you feel you might fall over the edge and be killed by the Grand Canyon. Anybody been there and stood at the edge? 
Anybody? I know there's people here who've been at the edge. There's this, there's this big glass bridge that, that someone also had made that you can walk out on. And there's people that they will never go out and walk on that thing because of the fear that it starts to elicit inside of them. But you know, she was right. She was absolutely right. In addition to that deep stirring in our soul as we see this massive expanse, if we don't have that sweet sense that the canyon is not going to kill us, <laughs> let me shift the metaphor from the Grand Canyon onto Jesus now. If God, if Jesus, the Holy Spirit are not for us, if they are not in love with us, if they are not our friend, if they are not, if, he is, if Jesus is not our Savior, if they are not kind and caring and protecting us, well, we won't actually have the capacity to see the Grand Canyon as beautiful and amazing. We'll just be terrified. And all we will see is this little pot of ground because we can't actually look over the edge. We can't look out into the expanse of what's there. We'll be blocked up on the inside because our fears won't actually allow us to enjoy him or know him. It's like two sides of the same coin. Let me read something for you in Galatians 2, verse 20. We need to know this part for sure. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And then we need to pause there for a moment. After gazing upon that tremendous Tremendous truth. And take a deep breath and let the next words soak in. Who loved me. Who loved me. It's one of the few places where Paul uses the singular personal pronoun, me, instead of us, we, or all of us. He loved me and gave himself For me. We need to embrace that entire awesome truth together. That this amazing God of the universe loves me. Loves you. And if we've invited Jesus to be our Savior, it means that we will never be swallowed up. We will never be destroyed. It means... We have been welcomed, embraced by Him as we embrace Him into His family. And we are loved with an everlasting love. So delighting in God means delighting in His love for me. Delighting in the fact that He cares for me. That He protects me. And He means to have that kind of intimate, personal relationship with me. We need to embrace him and all that he is. It allows us to delight in him. And the last one is give thanks. Receiving everything God gives you with gratitude and worship. That's how you delight in him. You know, I love those moments where you're able to give someone something special. You know, maybe give your kids a birthday gift. When you know that they will really love this particular gift and it will bring them great joy. It's lots of fun. 
But what happens when the person who receives that gift only acknowledges the gift and not the gift giver? Wow, an Xbox One X. That's awesome. By the way, that's like the newest console, if there's some of you out here going, what is he talking about? And now that I had to explain it, it kind of defeats the point. But it's this amazing gift, right? There's this rush to go and set up the game console, start playing with it, and they never even say thank you for the gift or even acknowledge that you're the one who gave it to them. There's delight happening over the gift itself, but there's no delight directed towards the one who actually provided the gift. And that kind of response goes against the very spirit of the text that I've talked about today. Delight yourself in who? In his gifts? In him. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Terry, without even knowing it, you were expressing this this morning. He kept saying, and you know what? There was just something about it. I guess kept pressing in. I kept pressing in. I kept pressing in. I didn't know what was there, but I know that my God gives good gifts. <laughs> so I'm going to keep pressing into Him. We should most certainly be grateful uh, and delight in the gifts that we've received. That's, that goes without saying, but more, not more than actually delighting in the gift giver. If our gratitude actually stops at the gift instead of the person, when it comes to this kind of thing happening between us and the Lord, then we have become an idol worshiper. Something else is receiving our delight instead of the Lord. It's a very human tendency that none of us are immune to. In fact, it happened only three chapters into the Bible in Genesis. It says, well, I'll get into the verse, but Eve says she delighted in the fruit. But when did it actually become a snare, a god, an idol that took her delight off of the Lord? Well, I'm going to read it here, Genesis 3. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. First, there was a deception. She no longer saw the fruit as something that God had commanded her and Adam not to eat. That's a strategy of the enemy. The devil loves using that one. How can I get them to, how can I flip the script? How can I get them to see the opposite of what God's actually asked them to do? How can I lure them in? Well, second, this is part of the strategy. She began to delight She began to be delighted by what she saw and how much pleasure that thing might give her. And then third, her delight actually shifted into desire. Now she wanted it. She no longer desired what God had commanded her to do. And she actually threw aside everything else, all the other gifts 
the whole garden that God had given, actually threw it all aside, given her to her and Adam so that she would become wise like God. So that she and Adam could actually become the center of their lives instead of God. The giver of the gift was replaced by something else. Now, in hindsight, it would have radically changed history. But we know, in hindsight, what the right response would have been. No. (laughs) Period. But if I expand on that no, no, the, the Lord's given us everything. He's given us everything in the garden except for this particular tree, this fruit on this tree. And he must have a good reason for us to stay away from it because I know he loves us. And he always leads us to the best things. We're so grateful for what we've received. We've received everything. So we won't eat the fruit, not just because he said not to, but because we love him too. Our relationship with God is so important. We get to walk with him in the cool of the day. Our relationship with God is so important, we actually delight in our relationship with him. And we know that doing this would damage what we have together. The Lord comes first. He is our first desire. He's our first delight. Imagine if that had been their response. Well, for you, is your gratitude, is your thankfulness directed in the right direction? What has your attention right now? What are you looking at these days in a figurative sense? What do you see that looks attractive to you? Is there a potential that something might be getting in between you and the Lord? Is there anything that you're delighting in more than the Lord? And does that need to change? Or has, has misplaced delight caused you to start desiring something that's actually not for you? You know what gets us back to safety? Yes, repentance for sure. But thankfulness and gratitude for the things that God has done for us. It's so powerful. Yes, ask the Lord to forgive you for allowing anything to come between you and him. Ask him to help you break free of any of the lies that the enemy might have tried to pull you into. But then thank him. Delight in your inheritance as a follower of Christ. But don't just thank him for what he's given you. Thank him for who he is. The person. Jesus. Now, as a really practical thing, I don't know where our our ushers are. They're going to start handing out uh, a little tool that I mentioned earlier today. It's a really practical thing that I just want to give you as some potential homework, if you want. Tomorrow's April 1st. No fooling. No fooling. I I have this handout. It comes from uh, the Navigators. They put it together a long time ago. But it has 30 different characteristics, 30 different names and attributes uh, that describe who God is. And I want you to just take a few moments each day, just take one of those things on the list, 
And I want you to invite the Lord to reveal himself to you. I want you to delight in the Lord over that particular characteristic. So, tomorrow. Number one. says he's Jehovah. That's the name of the independent, self-complete being who's God. I am who I am. Only... That name only belongs to God. And our proper response to him is to fall down in fear and awe of the one who possesses all authority. What could you do with that? Wow. God, that means you're God and I'm not. That's the simple version of what that means. And my life needs to line up with what you've said. Lord, that is a tremendous. Lord, I'm so grateful that you've made a way for me to be able to connect with you. Lord, I just I take I want to take pleasure in who you are and the great expanse of who you are as God. That's just one example. You could ask, Lord, to this day, would you actually be able to expand on that for me? Would you show me something today? Maybe in listening prayer, maybe there's something that the Lord wants to share with you about that. It's a great way, just even, it doesn't have to take long, but it's a great way just as we prepare ourselves to get towards even Easter time. So it's just happening in a few weeks from now. Each one of those names pointing the way to the salvation found through Jesus Christ. Here's the little proviso, a little addendum, a little PS. Don't do it out of duty because I said so. <laughs> but especially especially if you're feeling disconnected from the Lord and you're not doing anything intentional right now to get reconnected to the Lord, perhaps this is a tool to just start doing that in faith, to start reconnecting back with who God is first. And as that begins to unfold in your life, perhaps just doing something will actually shift into you being with him and connecting with him in deeper ways. Do it as a simple way to grow closer to the Lord by delighting in him with thankfulness and gratitude. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Enjoy him. Embrace him. Give thanks. Thanks.